Hi, and welcome to CSM Toolbox. Every month, I'm featuring a guest to share with us their experiences and provide us with insights from their industry. I had the opportunity to talk to Ashley Sachs, Director of Support and Success at Whereby. Ashley has spent her career working with customer-first brands. Recently, she has worked with the team at Whereby to help build a support and success experience that reflects the product itself. Whereby is a video conferencing tool that incorporates screen sharing, recording, chat, live reactions, and integrations with Google Drive, Trello, Miro, and YouTube in personalized meeting rooms for up to 50 people. She'll be telling us more about it next. Join me and let's open the toolbox. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the things that we've embraced a lot too is curiosity and mm -hmm. learning that asking questions is what we want you to do. And then of course, as leaders and the people setting up the teams is making space for those questions, whether that be in one-on-ones, whether that be in very intentional team meetings or any other tooling you might use around that asynchronous tooling. I think really promoting that culture of curiosity and making remote team members feeling valued. Hi, Ashley. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hi. How is your day going? It's going great. Thanks for having me. It's good to have you for sure. I was really curious about finding out more from your side, your role, and hear a little bit more about Whereby as well. And if I could ask you for support and customer success teams, what problem is Whereby trying to solve? Yeah, absolutely. So Whereby is a video conferencing tool straight in your browser. We traditionally started with a B2C model. So we have a portion of our product that's specifically for the user. And just recently, we launched a B2B product and API where people can actually embed a video room straight in their application. So whether you're a virtual event company telehealth, or if you're doing support or success in your own, maybe in your own CRMs, the possibility of having a video meeting room is there. So that's in a nutshell, basically what Whereby is trying to solve is to make collaboration really accessible. Uh, you don't have to have a specific device. You don't have to do a download. Everything's in the browser and also just making it easy. The experience is really frictionless. So we try to mimic that in our service models in the way we work with customers. So yeah, basically just making it flexible in this very virtual world now that we yeah. live in. I think it's definitely a need that we're, that we're able to solve for people. And I think you touched on something there in terms of collaboration. And I think right now with remote teams as well, I think it is might seem intuitive now, but perhaps earlier last year when we were trying to, okay, where are we going to get our teams to not only work, but more importantly, as you said, to collaborate. That's key, the problem that Whereby is trying to solve. And I think on, on that as well, even from your perspective, what you have seen at Whereby building a remote team, what have been the biggest lessons learned so far? So if my team listens to this, they'll probably laugh when they hear this, but I am constantly saying there's no such thing as over communication, especially when you're just starting to build out a remote team. If you're newly remote too, then communication is all the more uh, important. And then also being flexible, especially when you're in startup land, 
in pandemic world, like you've, you've just got to learn to be flexible and be okay with things maybe needing to be figured out as you go, being okay with testing, being okay with a little bit of failure. Failure is just as healthy as succeeding. Sometimes mm -hmm. you can, you can learn your biggest lessons with that. So I would say really it's about communication and flexibility. I think those are, I mean, you'll probably hear that from a lot of remote teams, but those are really the cornerstones of building a remote team. And everybody does it a little bit differently. Every team's a little bit different, but I think that those are the biggest things to think about. I think it's definitely having that flexibility. And I think we hear as well, especially now recently with companies that perhaps aren't adopting that hybrid or that fully remote model where I think it's right now it will be up to your individual contributors even to decide what will be the best environment for me to be in. And I think it's if it sounds like one of the priorities will actually be to foster that environment at whereby. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the things that we've embraced a lot too is curiosity and mm -hmm. learning that asking questions is what we want you to do. And then of course, as leaders and the people setting up the teams is making space for those questions, whether that be in one-on-ones, whether that be in very intentional team meetings or any other tooling you might use around that asynchronous tooling. I think really promoting that culture of curiosity and making remote team members feeling valued. I think that's one of the things that we'll start seeing in the workplace as more companies move remote, just being isolated you know, in your own home, not really physically around teammates, it things can start to creep in. And then also like, it's not as easy to for managers to recognize value as you would just like walking through an office and, you know, giving somebody a pat on the back or a high five and telling them good job. Like that, it's very, it's a lot more intentional and you have to set up processes and systems that will allow you to be able to constantly give feedback to your team and let them know when they're doing a good job. That's great. I love that culture of curiosity. And mm. even from your perspective as a director of, of support and success, from customers' feedback, what have you learned as well? Well, from the customer feedback processes that we've built, there have been many because we've started <laughs> with one, had to iterate, start with another <laughs> one, had to iterate, and being okay with that. It's really starting with the cross-functional relationships, right? Like it's not just success or support setting up these feedback processes, how we record customer comments, how we send them to product, how we action on it. But really, it's a cohesive relationship between sales to success to support to product and making sure that we're all speaking the same language and being able to put that process in a workflow that everybody can work from, not just success in Gainsight or mm -hmm. in Salesforce, right? Mm -hmm. Like, whereas product managers may not necessarily spend a lot of their time in Salesforce. So it's really about making sure that you're bridging a gap well between all the teams and coming up with a cohesive workflow that everybody can operate on. So mm. yeah, that's definitely the biggest lesson we've learned. Also, like our customers love the product. And mm. I, I will say our customers are incredibly refreshing and they love giving us feedback, which we love uh, getting from them. So the engagement we valued a lot from them and it's really helped shape our embedded or API product significantly, uh, especially as it's only a year old product and we've changed it pretty significantly based on customer feedback in use cases. And I think it's just as, as you mentioned earlier about that 
iteration that right now for you and for the different teams, product and marketing, how are you taking that on board? I had another guest joining me about how customer-led and product-led growth aren't mm -hmm. mutually exclusive and it is in that startup mode where you can actually bring everyone can come together to the table and mm -hmm. say well this is the feedback we're receiving from our customers yeah and i completely agree with that i don't think that they're necessarily mutually exclusive because your users can be leaders and affirmers when you think about it so mm -hmm. they can lead or you know and influence a product feature mm -hmm. or If we're really focusing on product-led growth here, when we roll out a new feature, maybe something that product's been noodling on, and then we get that feedback back from the customer, like that's the affirmer hat that they're wearing. Like, yeah, you all were dead on. That's exactly what we were looking for. Or, no, you kind of got this wrong. So that's exactly like, I think it depends on the product. It depends mm -hmm. on the business that you're in, of course. But I think there's parts where those do work together and there can be a hybrid situation for sure. Definitely. Just touching on that startup environment and how there are a lot of challenges and opportunities at the same time. What advice would you give to someone that was just hired as a director of support and success uh, as yourself? Yeah, I would make sure to set up your expectations, if not the first thing, the second thing <laughs> for operational. So whatever that looks like in your business, like however the reporting structure is to make sure to work with the teams to know that you have resources and a technical manager to make sure that operationally you're functioning well with your automations, with your CRM, like making sure the um, everything that you're needing from your database about the customer to have a great customer experience that's understood from the start by everybody in the company and having that customer centric buy-in as your first step from everybody in the company it makes things so much easier when you start scaling and then you don't really because there's always this it can always be a little bit of a power struggle for our lovely technical humans that we love so much that help us do awesome things uh with tech so i i would say that would be my biggest piece of advice for people just starting teams from scratch around support and success. That's great advice. And, and I'm sure either people from the customer success community or the support community as well might come to you looking for advice in terms of how to break into customer success as a new hire. What skills and characteristics will you be looking for? The big things that I look for is I mean, I'll say it again, but being customer centric, whether that's that doesn't necessarily have to be in a tech industry, right? Like we have I have a really incredible support teammate that was a social worker and she is mm -hmm. incredible mm -hmm. with customers. I have another success teammate that worked really closely with telehealth and worked mm -hmm. with doctors for a little while. And she is great at speaking to these customers and mm -hmm. this kind of vertical. So I think it's about Being customer centric in whatever adjacent field you've been in doesn't necessarily have to be tech, doesn't necessarily have to be enterprise business or what have you. And then also having the desire to learn and grow. I'm always looking for people that are anxious, anxious to learn and are, especially in the remote, remote world, being self-sufficient in their learning, reaching out to networks and really diving into the abundance of knowledge that is out there. And I think that that's, those are the two things that I typically look for the most. Yeah. And it's great that you mentioned that uh, about the customer centricity, but at the same time, it's more, I, I will say that there are a lot of transferable skills 
from either finance. I, I will ha- I will have people reaching out from teaching backgrounds, or and I think Ooh. as well, it's teachers as said, are great. <laughs> yeah, 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 and I'm sure you have you have seen this and that. Maybe looking at a job description, especially in the tech industry, perhaps it's more we do use our acronyms and we love all of that. And people might be like, well, I do not know this. Or if we might say we might put Gainsight or Salesforce. And it's people that, again, they come from different verticals. They might haven't used these systems but again, if they have that, as you said, that desire for learning and, and mm-hmm. I think if just they are eager themselves, I think just by reaching out to someone out there in the community asking for advice, I think that's just maybe being proactive. It's one thing maybe to be applying for roles and maybe not trying to find out what's the latest in support or success or community. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. as you said, I think it sums up pretty well in terms of desire for learning. Yeah. Yeah, and I think at least in the success and the support communities, there are some incredible communities and networks out there to be mm. a part of. I mean, from like the women's and customer success community mm. to support driven for support, which also has some success members in it. There's leadership communities around success. There's all sorts of options out there. And I also think if people are trying to break into a new industry, whatever it is, whether it's success and whether it's just, you know, product management, tech in general, whatever you're doing, I think finding a mentor is an extremely important process for that. And I hope it's something that we can flex mentorship muscles a lot more around, especially Mm. just in the success and and support communities, which I've seen a little bit of, and it's been great. And I've seen a lot of fruit from that. So yeah, anybody out there trying to um, break into a new industry or pivot on their careers, I think mentorship's a a great way to get rolling with that as well. And it's great that did you touch on that uh, mentor side? Because I even just uh, did a, an episode on reciprocal mentoring. And I think it's uh, Simon Sinek's, uh, one of his videos, he mentioned that yep. I'll be your mentor as long as you can be mine. So it just mm-hmm. both, it goes both ways. So even mm-hmm. from your side, Ashley, have you built perhaps that relationship with someone or maybe more in, on an informal basis that you could share with us? Yeah. So I've been a part of, so especially support driven, mostly support professionals, but there's a lot of success professionals in there too. They have the Aspire Mentorship Program. I haven't been in the last year, thanks COVID, but just with all, (laughs) with everything going on, but previous years I have been in as a mentee and as a mentor, but my last mentor relationship as a mentor, I was actually working with a girl around, you know, moving more into leadership and coaching Mm -hmm. and how she was doing that in her um, business. And she was teaching me a lot about asking questions and a little bit more about the curiosity piece. It's been a Mm -hmm. couple of years and that really has stuck with me as -hmm. something I learned from her when I was her mentor. But really, it's about everybody has a different perspective. Everybody's got a different experience. And it's kind of, I always call it like an iron sharpens iron kind of situation where Mm. there's certain skill sets that I just don't have (laughs) and I will never have. But that expertise is so important and that perspective is so important around those skill sets that it teaches me and challenges me in a way that I can grow as well. So I guess that's a shout out for that program too, if anybody's (laughs) looking for that. That's very organized and well they do great matches on that one too. So yeah, for sure. I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. And yeah, definitely. yeah, yeah. Cool. And yeah, so something that I do ask my guests as well. So Ashley, what's in your toolbox other than oh, whereby? Oh man. Oh yeah. <laughs> so obvious whereby, right? Notion, 
Our team is a huge, um, huge Notion fan, especially in our in a remote business. I always the team says if it's not Notion, it's not happening or it's not a process. So Notion and then also Miro. Nice. We're, we're big lovers of Miro and being able to whiteboard, have workshops together with stickies in a virtual sense. Right. So those would say are my two top faves besides whereby. And for non-work related, are there any apps? That you oh, cannot yeah. live without. Oh yeah, non-work related. I would say so. My outlet is physical fitness and huh. books. So I would say having a physical fitness app. I'm a big fan of Down Dog that has oh. like yoga, also hmm. other workouts on it, and then Goodreads because <laughs> I like to oh, keep yes. track of what everybody's <laughs> reading and keep a list <laughs> of what I, what I want to read, professional and not. So yeah. Those are uh, good ones for sure. It was really insightful to hear from you, Ashley. And yes, about that community, definitely I'll put that uh, in the show notes yeah. as well. And if people from, well, the support and success community will want to reach out to you, what will be the best way for them to do that? You can hit me up on LinkedIn or you mm. can find me on Twitter. My handle is just at Ashley Sachs. So I, those are usually the places to reach me the easiest. But yeah. I'm happy to answer questions or network or anything. So. Yeah, sounds great. Yeah, I'll add that as well in the show notes. So yeah, it was a great meeting you and a pleasure to talk to you. Right, thanks so much for having me. Have an awesome day. Thanks, Ashley. You too. Take care. Bye. Este podcast foi editado por Aerolitos, edição inteligente.